Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. And uh, man, I'm really excited because you're pretty fired up this week. You, you, I you, am. <laughs> you came I in. I am in rant mode, man, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so that's great. So let's get our listeners up to speed. We'll dive right in. And um, what is it that got you so excited this week? Yep. So the first thing that got me excited is I've got a client who's using a thing called Elephant Carpaccio, and we'll link to some relevant comments, relevant uh, episodes and discussions about it. The the very brief version is that um, a, a method I often use is to have teams complete something that has business value every single day. And this comes from an uh, idea from Al- uh, Alistair Coburn, our old friend. Yeah, yeah this is a, a, one of your favorite techniques, I know, to, to turn things around and, and uh, start, start getting things in the right uh, the right foot just very quickly when you go into a client. Exactly. So uh, uh, it's wonderful to walk into a stand-up and have everybody say, yeah, and I showed this to the the users and I showed this to my product manager and this was the value and I'm ready to do the next piece tomorrow. So there's a whole technique to doing that and the uh, team I'm working with is using it and learning about it and this was quite exciting. And we were doing a, a kind of retrospective to look back at how it was working for us. Did we want to continue? What was what was happening? And uh, somebody said something which was just red rag to a bull. It was, um, <laughs> he, he couldn't have set me up more perfectly for a rant because he said, a perfectly valid question, by the way. I wasn't ranting at him specifically. It wasn't that he, he said something uh, dumb or insulting. But what he said was, um, how do we do our non-functional requirements? You know, it's, it's hard to slice something like that because uh, the business people just really can't see it. Yeah. And uh, I was off to the races. Boy. That really got me got me underway. Well, like you say, it's a reasonable it's a reasonable question. You know, we, we need to uh, we need to work on our maintainability. Uh, it's like it's there in the the description. Non functional requirements presumably are things that uh, the business can't see. If if they could see it, it would be functional, right? Exactly. That's the point. And you've got all these illities, and we'll link to the Wikipedia list. You've got operability and readability and flexibility and extensibility and usability. So there's there's all these great things usually ending in illity, which people call non-functional requirements. But I think non-functional requirements are harmful. I think we should not have non-functional requirements, and we should um, ban the phrase. So I'm I'm starting the uh, the campaign now. Um, stop <laughs> non-functional requirements. It's not because you don't think these things are important, or is it? I mean, you don't. We don't need operability. Is that what you're saying? No, it's because I think they're super important, and they're so important that we should actually measure them. Because really, when you say I've got a non-functional requirement, it's a cop-out. It's a way of saying, look, I've got a thing that I just, I'm too, either I'm too lazy or I'm too, uh, more commonly actually, I'm too afraid to measure. I, I, I'm not sure that it actually has enough business value. I think it has value because it's a, a best practice. That's another one. If you, if you want to rant from Squirtle, say best practice. That'll, that'll really get me going. But uh, it's a best practice or it's a thing that's kind of implied or implicit or I'm sure users want this or something like that. And uh, so you say, oh, that's our non-functional requirement. And we aren't going to bother measuring it. We might have an internal measure, like we'll have a measurement of uh, of readability of our code by running a linter or something like that that tells us about readability. But we aren't going to make a business meaningful measurement. Um, and by the way, I want to be clear, just because you have a number doesn't mean you get away with saying that you've made a functional requirement. You've made something that is measurable in a way that's meaningful to uh, the business, the, the best measure, the best way to tell whether you've got that or not is to go explain, tell your, have somebody on the, um, who is in the non, 
development side of the business, somebody who is uh, a customer, explain to you what the metric is for. Hey, we uh, we went up by 4% in our uh, sonar score for readability or something like that um, and have them explain why that's good. And I almost, uh, with, almost without exception, if it's uh, if you're creating one of these non-functional requirements that's going to get my backup, then they're not going to be able to explain why that's useful at all. They might say, "Oh, it's useful to you. You know, that really will help you to um, onboard new people faster or to um, um, fix the code." But they won't be able to tell you why it's good for them. And if they can't tell you why it's good for them, you've got a non-functional requirement. You should cross it out. Okay, I want to I want to test this for a second here because I I hear you say this and you're very excited about it clearly, but uh, but kind of like so what I mean so uh, you're telling me I should cross it out I'm just not clear why like I know this is useful what what's what's the harm of doing what I know is useful even if the business doesn't understand because you know it's useful and there's no way for you to measure it against what the business is asking for which might be more important. And this is usually shocking because what these non-functional requirements capture is things that us engineers think to ourselves are just the, the obvious things that we must do. How on earth could we possibly build a system that does not have um, maintainability, that is, is not usable, um, is, uh, is not scalable? How on earth could we possibly build something that doesn't have that? Obviously, we must have that. That's the danger. I know, Jeffrey, that's that's a, a, a trigger for you is when, when you're saying <laughs> something is obvious. Uh, that's when you know, wait a minute, it's really not obvious. And this is one of those cases because you can never measure it against other business value. And there are surprising trade-offs you can make. One of my favorite stories um, that, that I like to tell is about, uh, uh, it's actually in the, the Agile Conversations book that's coming out in May um, that, uh, that we wrote together. It's a, a, a client where, actually it's an employer, where... Um, the uh, requirements seem to be that the site be up all the time. You would think that would be a really obvious non-functional requirement. Up, uh, up, uppity. I'm not sure if that's a, an, <laughs> an ility. Upility, just like actually being there. Right. Um, but it turned out that our users were so motivated to buy our product that if we were down for very brief periods, they would just hit refresh, and they would blame their Wi-Fi. Right. And so what we found was we could release without QA. We had no QA. We did no QA. We didn't try to test whether the product worked, whether the site would actually go down. And um, that saved us huge amounts of time. That had huge amounts of business value because we could do other things. And what we did is we had a giant red button. And when you hit the big red button, it um, reverted to the old version. Then you went and figured out what, what you'd broken on the site. And um, we sat near the customer service people. So the moment they said, hey, wait, site's down, we'd hit the big red button. We say it's back up. Okay. And you would never have guessed if you had just said, well, the non-functional requirement that's obvious is that we must have ability. We, we must be up. We must be stable. You know, be stay at stability, I guess, would be the, the ability. And um, you would think that's, that's something you must have in your system. How could you not have that? And the answer was we could not have that, and it gave us tremendous competitive advantage. Uh, so, okay, so th this sounds like something that you, you, you discovered. Uh, how does this cause a problem, really, for uh, the, the, you know, the technology team, for the business, for the, you know, the combined endeavor? Uh, I, I'm level like, well, what's, what, you know, what really, what's going to happen? Like, it sounds like, sure, I, yeah, we, we'd like to have business value. But as you say, we, you know, the, these are things that we, we know we need. You're saying, well, sometimes we don't. Uh, yeah, but how do, how do we know? And like, really, if we go and, and make the site more robust, if, it, if it's more, uh, you know, maintainable, uh, if it's more readable than we really strictly need, uh, you know, it's just what's the harm in that? 
the harm is the opportunity cost. So in that particular case, let's stick with that one, the opportunity cost would have been that in that e-commerce environment, we would not have been able to react as quickly to uh, needs and opportunities. In, in that case, we were selling items that could come on um, very, very quickly uh, into, our, into our warehouse. And um, if we could do uh, make technical changes that supported the new stock that had arrived with no warning and, and react very quickly to it, um, then that had tremendous competitive advantage. Now, in a completely different situation, if you're building a nuclear plant, please do make sure your your website state your your application is stable. That that, that would be good. <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's um, situation specific, but um, the key thing is that we could go to product managers and um, boards of directors and anybody else who cared, and say, hey, look, we could we could make it more stable, and we could get um, uh, make sure that when people went to the website, it was definitely there. Or we could build another uh, two-for-one offer for the, the new stock that arrived last week every time they would have chosen the two-for-one offer because that would lead to more revenue and our users were robust. Our users were willing to make up for our lack of robustness. Mm. So we often, uh, when here, we'll talk about um, symptoms that people might detect in their environment. How would I know? Because this, this, you know, we might be talking. Our listeners here sometimes are technologists, uh, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're business people of various sorts. If if I'm a if I'm a uh, say a, a head of the company, if I'm a, a CEO, um, how might I know that we're? Um, what are the danger signals that would tell me that, uh, that there might be a problem here, where we have these sort of non-functional requirements that aren't being tested or aligned or uh, against business value? Yeah, exactly. So um, the easiest test is to go to someone who's a, a business-minded uh, person who's close to development. That's obvious. That's often a um, uh, a product manager, but it could be somebody else. It could be a QA person. Could be um, an executive sponsor. Somebody like that. And uh, to to say, are there any things that you're that the development team are working on whose value you don't understand? Because the kind of thing they'll often say is, um, well, I don't know what they're doing, but, you know, it's one of those tech things. It's for stability or readability or something. I don't know quite what it is, but it's got to be valuable. They told me how important it was. They'll get back to doing something that I understand in a couple weeks. And the problem is that a couple weeks becomes a couple of months. And uh, in that time, you could have been doing something more valuable or... You could be explaining to business people what the value was, and they could help you to come up with a way to to realize that value that you they could they could appropriately prioritize. But uh, that's where you can see that the opportunity cost is being paid because the uh, there could be something else that would be more valuable, or there could be an understanding that bus the business folks could have. I can see now how as, as a CEO I might go and look for that. I'm looking for things where there's sort of. Uh, you know, un, un, not un, not well understood technical things happening. Um, this goes against some of the advice I've given people, where I I have said and told people often, you know, your um, your your job as a technologist here is to use good judgment, you know, for the for the business, uh, and uh, you know, you you often will know. Um, you know, you, you have to be, have professional standards for what you're doing and that you, I'm not the only person who, who says this in various ways. You might get this from say the software craftsmanship movement or Absolutely. people say, you know, you, you have professional standards. No one, uh, you, you know, the, the, the doctors don't ask the patients, you know, I, I could do this uh, operation without washing my hands. Um, you know, if you're, if, if you'd like to make that trade-off. So yeah, but, but I, I like that I analogy. That's a great one. 
that's that's a great one, the the washing hands one, because you're absolutely right. And what I didn't say was that doing things that promote um, uh, testability and readability and scalability and so on are are bad things to do. I I never said that. What I said was. Um, don't make them requirements. Don't make them things that are major tasks that your team are doing. So I'm absolutely 100% in favor of things like washing your hands as part of the activity. So so make your code testable. Make sure it's re-entrant. Make sure that it's um, uh, uh, you know all kinds of things that absolutely business people won't know about. But you should be doing that as you are working on a requirement, if that's the, the term that your team uses. I'm allergic to that one too. But uh, if you're working on a requirement that um, your business people have asked you to, to, to carry out, do it in a way that, um, um, fulfill it in a way that, that matches all the good practices. Absolutely agreed. But what your doctor doesn't say is, you know, I, I was going to do this surgery and I put you under and um, th- then I discovered that really, you know, uh, we should give you a really good wash. And so we, we made sure you were really clean. And so we um, now you're you're really 100 percent clean. Your 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 body is uh, really germ free. And uh, now we're going to do your surgery in a week or two. So uh, sorry that you're in pain. But, um, you know, we thought that it was better to, to uh, give you a good wash first. Um, and we didn't ask you, right? We didn't. We didn't talk to you about um, completely changing which surgery we were going to do. Ah, I see. So, so this is in, in part here saying yes. There's um, hygiene type practices in uh, what we do day to day, and in our development. But you're saying we we're, we shouldn't have one of those. Okay, now we're going to have a, a testing sprint. Now we're going to have a uh, no, and I don't object uh, to that. Uh, you know, we no, no, no. I want to be clear. Testing sprint would be totally fine, but explain that to the the business people who are working with you. Wouldn't want the 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 danger signal again. Is the product manager said they're doing some kind of testing sprint? I really don't understand it. I don't know what it's valuable for, but they said it was really good, and they they went to a conference and somebody said to do it. So they're doing that, and everybody else, you just have to wait for these things that are crucial. What you want them saying instead is boy, they're doing this fantastic thing. Let me tell you how great it is. Um, it's so much more valuable than anything else we could do. Um, they're creating in place a testing sprint to address that major problem in customer service where people phone up all the time and they say that the site is down um, and people get really angry and we lose a lot of business. Um, they're, they're fixing that. Wow, I'm, I'm so happy. And you know, it's a little more important than adding a new two-for-one offer. But um, uh, So we're having to wait on that. But man, when we can tell people the site is up all the time, customer service is going to be so happy and we're going to be um, losing a lot less our bounce rate will go down just hugely if you've got that statement you're totally golden but then it's a functional requirement it's not a non-functional requirement anymore <laughs> you're fixing the function which is the blankety blank site is down all the time okay so so we come back here and really what you're saying then is we should like collaborate with other people we should be discussing this and what a shocking I'm idea coming. that you and I would say that people should collaborate and have conversations. I'm shocked. Yep. So there's the there's the surprise punchline to this. Uh, non-functional requirements. What you're saying is often a way for people to avoid conversations uh, and avoid collaboration. And, exactly. Uh, and, and that's what we're what you're really objecting to. What really sets you off is the idea that we're going to go do this thing, spend this time, kind of unilaterally uh, on the idea that well, they they couldn't possibly understand why we're doing it, so we're just going to tell them to wait rather than have any sort of um, uh, explicit discussion of the trade offs and, uh, and and making your case uh, that way, and, and, and to a point that should be understood, and everyone should be on board with what you're doing. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's that's quite a rant. Uh, so it's, this rant against non-functional requirements is actually uh, once again for us a rant for conversations, um, which uh, which I, I think is something I can get behind. Exactly. And I should give one more caveat, which is really important. 
and that sometimes you have an obligation to society that is greater than your obligation to your business. And I'd say the one case where that's true is if somebody says, you know, we'd really like to be able to tell users what their password is, so uh, I think we should store it in plain text. Uh, what do you guys think? Can, can we do that? Um, then even if everyone in the business tells you that's the highest value thing to do, you should not do that because you have an obligation to, to our society, to people um, who would be greatly harmed by your database being compromised um, if you uh, stored your password in plain text. So um, uh, actions of that kind, and there's very few. Um, that's the most obvious one, but uh, we could probably think of a few more. Um, and that's where you have an obligation to provide business value to the business consisting of the world. And um, I, I would argue in that case, that's that's the one kind of case where you're you're going to provide you're going to create societal harm, and and that's a place where I would be okay with um, explaining why I was doing what I was doing or or refusing to take on a requirement from the business that uh, didn't match a a quote unquote best practice. That's only if it's got societal harm. So that's my only exception. Otherwise, blankety blank, make it a, f a functional requirement. Darn it. <laughs> so this, so so if I if I want to translate it as um, your your only non functional requirements might be some things that's ethics related that you, you yes that exactly we, <laughs> there there may be there's a a, a quote unquote non functional um, uh, reason to to behave ethically exactly and and I I'm kind of in favor of behaving ethically <laughs> that seems like a good good idea cool all right so if uh, you've enjoyed this rant um, then uh, please let us know and you can find us at troubleshootingagile.com especially if you disagree with the rant that would be excellent I would love to hear uh, different points of view I'm sure Jeffrey would too tweet tweet us if you uh, disagree I'd love to hear people in, you know what are the non-functional requirements that uh, that you would defend against this you know where do you think that we're wrong uh, have you had cases where you having heard this you think nope we we have a um, an obligation to 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 put this non-functional requirement in without discussion because of your environment we'd like to hear uh, hear from you and and see maybe we're wrong or maybe we can come up with some ideas about how that conversation could be had uh, that would be quite exciting. I want to hear our, the counter rant. <laughs> that that would be fantastic. Excellent. We'll have you on the podcast, perhaps. Anyway, so uh, get in touch with us using troubleshootingagile.com to find us, and that's email, Twitter, carrier pigeon, your favorite method. And of course, if you like rants like this, we don't rant every week, but if you if you like hearing us talk about conversations and uh, 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 slightly uh, uh, surprising and contrarian points of view, you can find us every week on Wednesdays. And I'm not sure quite what we're going to do over Christmas. We might play some greatest hits, but uh, we're, we're here pretty reliably every every week, and you can subscribe in your app of choice, whatever method it is that allows you to hear us every week. We'd sure appreciate it if you did that. And last thing, of course, is we have a, a book coming out in May, so that's Agile Conversations. Pre-order is available now. You can find all kinds of links and things to that on troubleshootingagile.com as well. Okay, Jeffrey, we'll talk to you next week, and, and maybe you'll have a rant. All right. Thanks, Grove. Excellent. Thanks, Jeffrey. <laughs>